Welcome to episode 5 of the Serdachne Podcast, brought to you by ElitePowerSkating.com and The Driving Force. Today's guest is, uh, is, is a great player that I've had a pleasure to work with. Uh, he's currently playing in Finland, Le- former NHL player and current Finnish SM Liga player, Leonard Petrell. Leonard is a very interesting player that uh, exemplifies hard work and dedication and uh, plays the game very well and very selfless and does absolutely everything for his team. Has a very interesting side uh, to, of his life from uh, growing up and developing in Finland and getting the opportunity to play in the NHL as well as in different places across Europe and obviously in his home country in Finland. So I really hope you enjoy the listen with Leonard Petrell on the Serdachne podcast. It's great here to be in Helsinki, Finland with one of my favorite guys. Today we're going to be having uh, captain of IFK long-time Finnish player Leonard Petrell, and uh, we're really excited to have him. He's had a long, distinguished career in many different places, played in the NHL and the SHL and in the Swiss League as well as uh, Liga here, and uh, we're really excited to have him. So it's great to be here, Leonard. Oh, thanks, thanks. It's uh, good to be in your podcast and actually meet you once again in Finland. So It's, it's great. It's, uh, it's fantastic. So for some of our listeners... I met Leonard when he was with the Edmonton Oilers and I had the pleasure of coaching him and uh, I followed his career very closely for, for many years and we've had the opportunity to stay in contact. So let's just tell the listeners a little bit about uh, where you grew up and how hockey started for you. I uh, I grew up in Helsinki, Finland. I uh, played here, obviously, most of my pro career and... Uh, and um, yeah, it's a bit different. Uh, different in Europe than, for example, in North America. You got the all the elite league uh, teams, organizations. They got their uh, youth system, junior system as well. So uh, I actually started uh, in this uh, smaller club in Helsinki. But uh, by the time I was uh, I was eleven, twelve, I moved to Helsinki IFK, which is uh, one of the biggest teams in Finland and uh, and uh, I played there rest of my uh, junior years and uh, and started pro when I was 19 and I played until I was what 26 uh, which after that I had a five-year stint in in uh, North America uh, Switzerland and Sweden like you mentioned before and uh, and now I'm back, back for I've been this is my third year back in Finland, and uh, it's yeah, it's uh, it's a bit different uh, for sure for for you North Americans because I, I rep- represented uh, one team most of my most of my hockey hockey life, if you want to say so, yeah. and and yeah, it's still like nowadays like players are moving a lot, so it's used to be more more common to play in the same same team even in Finland, for all your pro career. But, uh, yeah, I'm still one of the few who've done it nowadays. And used to be, like, if you go 20 years back, like, everybody usually played in their home cities for their home teams. And uh, and nowadays it's, it's a bit different. But, uh, yeah, I'm a proud, proud uh, member of the IFK organization. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, uh, 
end up uh, being a team captain. So it's it's something I'm I'm really proud of, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's my career so far in in nutshell. It's perfect. So growing up, uh, obviously, people always ask me. You know, what's it like in Finland and what's it like in Sweden and what's it like in Russia? And maybe you could give the listeners, like, you know, think back to when you moved to IFK. People think that, uh, you know, sometimes players turn out to be incredible professional players by accident. And you and I both know there's an enormous amount of work. And maybe tell the people, like, you know, what, what was the training schedule like when you were, you know, in those young years with IFK before you started playing like what was the schedule like people you know always ask me well what's it like when in finland growing up what do what do they do oh uh, first of all i i feel like um it was a bit different like 20 25 years ago than it is now and i i feel like uh back then it's, it was more like uh it wasn't that like uh like hockey orientated like uh, i played a uh, I played a bunch of different sports, like uh, I had track and field, I had uh, like floorball, this uh, Scandinavian sport, uh, like some of similar as hockey, but I played... Uh, it's like floor hockey. And floor hockey, yeah, exactly. Really, really great, really great yeah. sport, fun. I played uh, bandy, I played, uh, what else I played? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, inline hockey, like, uh, I feel like... I was pretty fortunate. I I had this all these uh, hobbies beside hockey as well. I I feel like uh, I tried everything, and uh, you could somehow tell like you have more choices to pick. Like what what's your real interest in, and uh, where does it lie? And uh, I I feel like until I was fourteen, fifteen, I could do like multiple sports and. Uh, and yeah, then uh, in one point you just have to make a decision, like uh, because obviously everybody who made it made it uh, to become a pro player. I, I feel like they have a passion, they have a work ethic, they got good skill set. Uh, but uh, but I feel like still the passion, passion for the game is the most important thing, and. Uh, and yeah, like every individual is a bit different. Like, what type of type of skill set you got? Like, what's your work ethic? Those sort of things. They they were vary a little, but uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's a. Uh, it was um. It was pretty healthy in Finland as a junior. It was like every. It was pretty healthy relationship with the players coaches and the game like uh, I feel like it was pretty I'd say like kind of down to earth we, we practiced uh, on ice um, depending on the age but like three to five times when I was around 10 to 14 we had uh, we played soccer we played uh, we had some like we we did some off ice like wrestling and like yeah. which is uh, it was good like boxing track and field we with the team we did all sorts of uh, stuff uh, outside the rink which kind of was uh, because we didn't have maybe that much ice time mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams in Helsinki and, uh, and obviously when you got like kids that 10 12 years old like you can't have them skate like 
10, 10 p.m. And, uh, and 9 p.m. even, even because they need to go to school and like uh, next day and uh, they need to also be sharp in school. So, so it was kind of a good mixture of everything. And, uh, and I feel like, uh, but still like you get enough work, work on ice, you got pretty good coaches. And, and I feel that only got better, better throughout the years. I feel like in Finland, uh, let's say last 10 years, we got way more former pro players who turned to uh, coaches in, in, in juniors than we had like back then. I, I feel like that's something uh, people are more interested in nowadays. Um, and I don't know exactly how it goes in in, uh, in North America, but I felt like uh, that's that has been more common common there than it has been has been here. It's maybe part of it is because like uh, I don't know, it's resources haven't been there like uh, all the junior teams, especially the smaller organizations, they don't have money to pay the coaches. So you know how it goes. Like it starts like dads being a uh, coaches and yeah. and goes from there like whoever feels like that's their thing like they just continue like whether their kids are playing or not so so yeah nowadays it's I'd say the coaching and the training is more professional like uh, and more detailed than it was like uh, 15 years ago especially in uh, in, uh, in in that age group of 10 to 14 14 to 14 years yeah, that that multi-sport approach. It's a. I think you always develop great hockey players when you have the ability to play a lot of different sports. And I'm a big believer in multi-sport training and, and better athletes as well. Better like in general, absolutely. And that that's a bit of a challenge, not just in Finland but also in Canada and North America, because as uh, as the hockey becomes a little bit more serious, or the football, or whatever sport. If it's basketball, uh, coaches are always demanding more of the player's time. And that's always a challenge even today in Finland because uh, the ability to play all these different sports, it's very difficult when you have daily practice and daily dry land and daily all. Like, things have changed a lot and not necessarily for the better, but uh, they, they want 100% of the athletes focus. And like what you said, I grew up in where you had the opportunity to play every sport. And like you said, it makes better athletes, but... Um, they're demanding. They're demanding your time, so it's it's difficult. Um, the system, like for example, compared to Canada, where when you're young players, you typically play in your community and your area, and that's the way that it becomes in in Finland. However, like you mentioned, you started with a smaller club, and in in Finland, you can maybe just tell them, like, explain to them, like, people have a choice, so uh, they have a choice to where they maybe perhaps want to go play as they become you know more accomplished players yeah for sure I, and i i feel like um there one problem i see compared to the north american system is like there you got the junior organizations they're built for the junior teams and over here i feel like the there might be a team that has team in a, in a Finnish elite league as well as the whole junior system which and the resource can go more towards the the pro team instead of the junior team so I, I feel like there's it's not a perfect system but it's uh, it's also good like you can you can 
see the same like your idols playing or wearing the same jersey that you are and uh, and obviously when um, uh, when you play in different teams for example Helsinki I feel like uh, you got a good opportunity also to get like uh, especially in these bigger teams to get more ice time and and get more more kind of better or better coaching yeah. maybe but uh on the other hand you and me we talk about for this podcast we talk about uh, uh kind of the small city teams that maybe have like uh whatever six seven junior teams uh, and one one rink or maybe even two rinks that uh you get the unlimited ice time it's uh Uh, there's one uh, one thing, Finnish uh, elite league team we talk about uh, before, in Oulu, which is furthest team in in north in in, in Finland, and they're gathering all the players from the different uh, different smaller cities to their junior system in later later ages from 16 and on, and uh, and we're talking about the advantages to getting more ice time playing more and playing different age groups at the same time and uh, I feel it's really interesting subject in general like to see the different type of uh, ways you can develop and uh, but on the other hand like there's always kind of the you see the well let's say the best junior players in Finland no matter where they come from like they always get like a lot of ice time they always played a lot they always like uh it's kind of a it's not by accident for sure you obviously these kids are special in the first place but uh on the other hand like they're they've been lucky to play in a places where they can practice well and practice a lot and enjoy the game that's yeah the the one thing about you know hockey and skating and skill development the one thing that's in common uh it's not a natural game it's a it's an athletic game but there's so much learned specific biomechanics and and techniques and quite often the players that do get the opportunity to practice and play the most typically uh you know they do improve and they they become great players and you know which brings me to you know growing up like uh, finland's got a great hockey history so many fantastic players have come out of the country of finland for a small country of 5.5 million who were some of the players when you were young that you looked up to that really inspired you to to want to be the best you could be uh well I actually started playing because of my cousin. Like okay. he, he was probably like I always told like this is a true true thing. I I I think uh, he wasn't a he made a decent decent career in Europe. Like he wasn't playing the biggest leagues, but like he was the guy. Like in general, he was the he was the guy I always uh, look up to. And, What was his and, name? Uh, Yoni Yoni Petrel and. Uh, And he was six years older than me, and I started following his hockey games and when I was just a little boy. And, and yeah, I always followed him, and that was the reason why I started. I wanted to be like him. And, uh, and uh, yeah, obviously later, later, Temu Selena, he's, he was probably the, my biggest idol, idol growing up. And uh, it's funny, uh, we, um, we end up 
playing in the national team a little bit and uh and then uh when i when i uh, went to north america we uh in helsinki there are a lot of uh, a lot of nhl players players going to play in uh, different leagues in europe and uh it's uh it's been like going for probably 20 at least 20 years that uh you always start skating together in uh in uh, early early August and all this I don't like I see all this my my childhood heroes they're like Sako Koivu and Teemu Salane and these guys I'm skating with them and it's like kind of eye-opening experience uh, that you're actually sharing the same same Meister because I yeah I was drafted yeah uh, drafted when I was 19 years old but still like wasn't even close in to get a um, to NHL or in a, in a, even NHL camp like that time, so had a good World, world Juniors, which got me drafted, but like then never really worked out for me in, with Columbus, and so I felt like until I was 26, 27, like my these guys were in a different level in my mind, like yeah. uh, they were always been and since I was what 14, 13. So after after the you know obviously people that you look up to and amazing hockey players in their own right like maybe to share with the listeners like what's the one thing you noticed as you got to spend time with them on the ice and get to see them as people like what did you notice? Well, I feel like in general hockey players are are the best like they're down to earth guys so like with great work ethic always good guys to be around but. Yeah, then when you see all the best players I ever played with, like, they all had, they're all being, like, the hardest workers in the team as well. Like, it's not by accident. Like, yeah, they got great tool set. But uh, they're also the most hardworking guys I ever, ever seen. Like, it's it's not by accident. Like, yeah, you get good, you want to get better. You want to get better, you want to get best. Like, it's just the tribe these guys got and the and the day-to-day work they put in like it's 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 something i learned a lot from from a couple players the the commitment you have to when you reach a certain certain level the commitment you have to have to put in the work you have to put in to get to the next level it's uh, it amazes me like when i was a young kid like turned just turned pro like i had no idea like what it means to be a professional and what it needs to improve yourself and how how you need to work to become a champion or, or the best player you can be. And uh, it's eye-opening experience when you see these uh, older veteran players who have been in, uh, well, Solana is probably one of the best players, probably one of the best, best goal scorers in his era and, uh, and to witness how he works and... Uh, how he treats his body, it's, uh, it's definitely something I've learned a lot from. And, uh, and he's not maybe the best exp- example for me because I haven't really seen him that much. But uh, guys like Villa Peltonen, who's from Helsinki, who I've played with many years with, like he's a good example. You probably remember Rem Murray from, uh, from Oilers. They won the cup run they had. He came a couple years later. He came to IFK in Helsinki, and like just uh, he was one of those guys. Like uh, 
who always works his ass off. He always puts in the work every day and great, well, a great, a great pro. And oh, uh, sure. you know, in in all the different leagues that he had an opportunity to play, he always brought that hard work and effort and. It's always great because you know I've had the I've had the pleasure of teaching his twins uh, for several years. They came to uh, came to my camp in Tampere, and uh, you know the twins were fantastic. And it was nice to see the next generation, the next generation of Peltonins uh, move forward. And like what we discussed before, and actually her uh, he's. Um daughter is also a world-class uh, figure skater yeah exactly so there's some great athletic uh athletic genes uh happening there and it's it's great to see um his transition uh from uh being a, a world-class player to uh to coaching now in the swiss league and uh you know those that's just a just another example of fantastic uh fantastic players so let's let's just talk a little bit about you know your transition in in North America, and you know you had the opportunity to play in some of the best leagues in the world. Obviously, the NHL, the American Hockey League. You know, just, what was that like? You know, coming from Finland and getting your opportunity to play in what many consider the best league in the world. Yeah, it's um, it was uh, kind of weird to weird start for me. We just had my best year year in Finland and uh, 2011 we end up winning uh, winning uh, Finnish championship we had a we had a hell of a hell of a team with uh, Pelton for example we got uh, me Colin Marcus Crownland young guys who were up and coming with and a lot of other other like good mixture of uh, veteran players and skilled skilled players and uh yeah, and um, I got noticed by by Oilers, and uh, I got got signed that summer, and um, and it's weird when you're uh, I was uh, 27 at the time, and uh, I'm heading to NHL, and at least like I had an NHL contract, so uh, I had my first child year before, and like uh, it was. I never thought like, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to go there. I always dream about it, but like realistically, I never thought I could make it. And uh, until that happened, until I got the got the contract, I um, it's still you know it's a two way contract. You know how it works. Like it was uh, even like it wasn't the, not even close to best team team in the NHL at the time, but I uh, used still have so much uh potential good veteran players especially forwards you had like already what was it two or three like number ones in a row and you know it's a limited amount of roster spots there and so actually what made me a little bit more kind of secure to go there was that I had a clause in my contract like if I haven't played a certain amount of NHL games uh, I uh, I could kind of come back to Europe I think it was early November so I think it was like 40% of the NHL games if I haven't played that I can kind of uh, terminate the contract and come back which was good because we got a young young daughter home and I was actually making more money in Finland that I would have made in uh, AHL. So that kind of helped me to make that uh, decision with the 
kind of uh, more easily. And what's, you know, like at the end of the day, you need to, all the decisions professionally you make, you have to make it what's best for you and your family. So that's kind of was, uh, I didn't have like that. That was the worst case. Like if I get stuck in an AHL, which was for me, it looked like highly possible. Uh, I still could come back here and like, or wherever in Europe, which is closer to the family. We have more help with uh, with your yeah. daughter and so on. And uh, well, I had I go there. I asked for the for the veteran players I play with, uh, like kind of tips to how to go there. And all they say like, go there, play with your strengths, but make sure like you're you're con- you can be accountable like you, defensively. That's that's all what they say like. Yeah, which it's it's a great the, the story that. That it's very impressive. You're you're one of the hardest working, uh, dedicated players. You mentioned it earlier uh, in the podcast about it doesn't happen by accident. And I'm talking about playing at the highest level, whatever league, whatever country you play in. It's hard work, it's dedication, but it's that hard work and drive. And you talked about Salani and Koivu and and Peltonen and many players, but what people don't realize is there's a drive to be the best you possibly can be. And there is when people are resting, they're working. And, and, and that's what happens. And, you know, you're 26, 27 years old to leave your comfort zone and to come to North America and have an opportunity. Quite often players are on the bottom end of their career. They might not ever get that NHL opportunity. So, you know, the hard work and dedication you put in to get there, it's a, it's an amazing story. So let's, let's, let's just take the listeners like to that first NHL game and who you played and that feeling you had inside. And, you know, as a little boy, you're watching, you know, these stars play in that league and, just tell them a little bit about that first game and that experience. Yeah, sure. I'll say one thing before that, like you talk about the commitment. Everybody involved in hockey, you probably, like, this drives me mad. Like, especially in the juniors, like, you know somebody or somebody knows some former player who were supposed to be that good. Like, they were, like, I've heard so many guys who were better as a junior as a, like for example Tamo Salani they got better hands they were more skilled they were faster that drives me mad like they had n- absolutely no work ethic like how can you become like shouldn't be even a comparison like that drives me mad like remember that guy he was so good and like so skilled and like yeah and that's a guy like we already probably everybody know like you remember one guy from the absolutely 50. Like, like that keep, drives me mad because people who haven't played and or people who don't understand the demands of a pro level they have no idea how much it takes like outside the size of a hockey game like there's so much involved like that i get pumped up like just talking about well, like I, <laughs> people 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 don't realize the the hard work the, the tens of thousands of hours yeah. of dedication and, and no guarantee exactly. of anything. Yeah. Uh, what team you're going to play on, your ice time or opportunity, and it's uh, to be to be the best. One of the most important skill is the skill of working, skill of like, you understand what I mean? Like absolutely. That's 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 a skill. For me, that's a skill, as well as like stick handling, skating, scoring in hockey. 
skill is all about working. It's maybe the most important. I've seen great skilled players who aren't that good at doing a doing the work, putting in the work. And I've seen guys who, are, like for me, like pretty much made the NHL by just working my ass off. And probably the one of the main things we got a two roster spot opened in uh, pretty much opening in Edmonton. And I got the other one because I was probably the most. You looked at all the tests. Like I was probably the more, most fit guy and who made it to the team. Plus, I was willing to do anything in my power to get the spot. And when I finally did, it was that was I. I think that's the most the thing I'm most proud of. It was the training camp, the first training camp with the Oilers. That uh, I came in as a 27 year old like. Probably the rookie, 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 twenty-seven-year-old rookie who nobody know anything about it, especially maybe a couple of scouts and maybe the GM. I don't think the coaches even knew me, and uh, I end up starting in NHL. That's probably the one of one of the things I've most most uh, yeah probably the proudest thing in my whole career. It was. Because that was all me. You win the championship, you usually got a little help. Even if you're the top scorer or whatever, like you, you don't win championship by yourself. But no. that was the one thing I, I did myself. And yeah, when it finally came to the first hockey game, I remember I was scratched maybe the first game of the season. And then we faced uh, Minnesota. And uh, yeah, it's, it's weird what... What the stress and uh, and excitement make, makes you, I really like. I can't remember specific about that game. I uh, I remember I played with uh, I played against like uh, a couple guys who are already legends in in Helsinki, like Maritiliki and uh, and Nicholas Beckstrom. Uh, they both played in IFK, and it was it was pretty exciting. I. Uh, that was a proud moment, but like honestly, I don't remember too much about the game itself. Like, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's you can remember the bright lights and the solar arena and and everything we've seen on TV. But uh, I can't really tell like what I did. Probably I did, probably didn't do anything. That game. <laughs> <laughs> might be it though. But uh, yeah, it was it was funny. Like I've uh, but it, it's a learning curve too. Like uh, I was. One of the top players in our team from in Helsinki, and all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a bottom six player in uh, in NHL, and uh, and just, to, but the confidence that you get like when you play against the best, best players in the, in the world, like uh, I felt like I didn't have any. The hardest thing was getting to the team. I, I, I it's so. It's it's pretty hard to describe how how good you feel when uh, when you play you kill against like Sedin's power play or you you play them five on five or whoever it is like Crosby whatever and you're doing okay like against the guys like you would never even felt like you could be in the same same building in and uh, it's uh, it's 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 a it's amazing experience. Yeah. Who's the top three players you think that you played against in your NHL time? 
I know you mentioned three pretty good ones there, but... Yeah, I feel like... Uh, I got to say, like, uh, Shea Weber, he's, he, he was such a tough, tough customer. Big, big unit, too. Yeah, and in general, like, uh, it's funny, like... Um, I think the biggest difference between like a European hockey and and uh, NHL hockey was the demon. I, I felt like uh, how well these big guys moved. Uh, it, it was it was unbelievable to see. Like uh, usually, speed. yeah, the speed and usually how how they can cap up you in neutral zone. Like usually, like in Europe, like okay, this it's not completely fair comparison because like we got the bigger rings here but still like the amount of pressure you got with when you're puck, carrying a puck like amount of pressure you get in a in offensive blue line that was the pressure you got in the red line so that, yeah. that's a big difference for no time and no space yeah and, i know and like for for our listeners uh, uh leonard's not a small player you know six six three yeah hundred kilos like he's not a he's he's not a he's not a small guy and for him to say that you know you're in a league with all these big guys like he's a big guy by himself but the the size the speed uh and the skill level of the 720 players that play in the nhl people can't really understand no how even uh like you know a third line fourth line Six six D man, how good they are! They are good, and I felt like the size being probably the same since my days there, which was six seven years ago. But the speed and the skill has only got better. So, yeah, it's, uh, I feel yeah, it's a bit different. Even like even from two thousand twelve when I started my two two year stint in North America to till this day, I feel like uh, there's lot of changes like for yeah speed and skill that everybody talks about but also kind of the lack of lack of uh i wouldn't say lack of physicality but the physicality aspect has gone down sure skills gone up so the 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 game's changed a lot yeah yeah, it, it has it has changed and it continues to change and i think it becomes faster and bigger and stronger and you know you've had the opportunity to play i think in some of the best leagues in the world the nhl uh, the Liga, the Swedish Hockey League, you know, the Swiss League. So people always ask me, and I've had the opportunity to work in all these leagues with all these different types of players, but it's a very common question. Like, well, how is it different? So can you give our listeners, I know each league is kind of yep. different, but can you kind of give them an idea, like compare the NHL to these other leagues and how these leagues compare to each other? Sure. Uh, I made a... I went from NHL to Swiss League, which is in top leagues in world that's probably the biggest transition in swiss league they got the it's changed now a little bit but uh, uh the hockey culture is completely different you got the olympic size rings you got this all all attack like <laughs> game style a lot of skating a lot of skilled players not too much of uh defense going so i was amazed like half the league i i couldn't even tell if they got a system or not like they were just like it's it was such a weird transition and uh it works and i'm sure they had their systems but it was so like 
offense-minded that like I, it was almost like you didn't even recognize if they had like any defensive system. <laughs> I remember like uh, going there and guys telling like, yeah, like yeah, you can make points and whatever, but like even if you're halfway this season and you made a like you haven't scored at all and you make some sick goal, you're gonna be a hero for these fans and mm-hmm. like it's just a diff- completely different approach. But uh, but you watch the. Some of the Swiss players who are in NHL right now, they're they're fast, they're skilled. Like that's that's what they are. They uh, actually made a rule probably 20 years ago that you only have can have like four import players in uh, in your roster in each game. So uh, that kind of force you to have a Swiss players, which actually when the top import players are probably the one of the best in Europe you get the former NHLers or up and coming young guys for example like Austin Matthews he went there yeah. and there are good players and and Swiss league has gone a lot better from the 10 15 years ago sure. because the Swiss players Swiss young young Swiss players have gone that much better uh Swedish league I'd say that's uh that's probably the best um league in uh, in Europe right now I in some ways I, I felt feel like I haven't even played in KHL but I, in some ways what I've heard from the guys it's even better than in KHL obviously the best teams are worse than the best teams in KHL but the league is so it's so tight like they get such a good players and it's more structured there than in, in KHL I uh, yeah if you got that you can Kovalchuk and all these guys, yeah, they're still top players. But uh, yeah, I th- I feel like Sweden they they can make a case yeah. comparing themselves to KHL for sure. Um, they're they're doing they're doing a good job uh, developing players. They they got the, they got a lot of young young guys like Elias Pettersson from Vancouver it's a good example like he he grew up in system nobody in North America knows anything about and well it, I'll tell you something that's a that's a good point but well, you, you I, made him uh, the player Elias Peterson and his brother Emil yeah. were uh for eight years in my camp in Stockholm oh, here you so, go so 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 this is know, like maybe it's not, not about this maybe maybe Swedish league thing maybe it's, it's, a, maybe it's a Stradachny power skating and hockey training but uh no all 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 joking aside, uh, he's not a big secret to me because I've watched him for. Yeah, f- I watched from, him grow up since he's yeah. been a, a young boy, since he's been uh, nine, ten years old, and uh, to watch his development and his brother's a very good hockey player, Emil as well. I think he's yeah. playing in the American Hockey League as well. To watch them, and we talked about that small town, that small town thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's just another example of an exceptional secret that nobody knew about, and players can come from everywhere, and it's. Uh, it's great to see. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, the Liga, like the style now. I know it's changed from when you first started playing and won a championship in 2011 to to being the captain of uh, one of the biggest and most historic teams in Helsinki here. Uh, well, if you still compare it to, uh, to other European leagues, I, I feel like uh, we, we got the, probably the most physical league yeah. in Europe I, I'd say at least 
used to be. <laughs> it still is, but like you know, games changed a lot. So it's you can't compare the Finnish league now than it was like ten uh, years ago or fifteen years ago when I started. Uh, but still, we for us, what it makes uh, we had uh, we still have uh, probably the smallest rinks in in Europe. They're not. NHL size, but closer, yeah. closer to the NHL size than the Olympic size, and uh, and you know, you get the same amount of guys in a smaller ice surface there, that creates more battles, creates uh, makes kind of the game a bit different, but um, gritty style. The one gritty thing that style. People don't understand. Uh, uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Finnish players for almost two decades, and. Uh, Extremely hardworking, extremely tough, and it's a it's a, it's a little bit tougher league than what people might might might. <laughs> There's no free passes on no, the ice. No, no, that's that's uh, what definitely if you compare it to KHL, that what separates us from them, and uh, I think it's a good good thing. Um, we've always uh, like historically Finnish hockey is always kind of a lot to the structure. We always believe like that's, yeah, we had uh, top players in the world, but we haven't had too many of them at the time. So you have to rely on, especially in national team, you have, we have had to rely on structure and the system for last three decades. And uh, we've done good jobs with our national team in uh, in Olympic Games and in World Championships and uh, and in a, even in the World Cup of Hockey. So we have that history. And if you put that kind of our flagship, hockey flagship has obviously been the national team. And, and when they do good, all the teams are following that and maybe following the example. So one thing I haven't liked about Finnish hockey and Finnish league has been that uh, it's been really structured, and when you when you, it's not a good combination with the uh, small ice surface and really defensive-minded hockey. Well, I wouldn't say defensive-minded, but like a little bit more defensive-heavy than yeah some other leagues. So what people have to understand too, and like the Swedish league, if you watch SHL. Sometimes you know great players, but you could watch paint dry on the wall yeah. because it's like, hey, they're playing for serious. And in some ways, the Finnish league at times can be like that too. Guys have responsibility; they're not exactly having the opportunity to go play free and score goals like, say, the Swiss league. It's like there's there's definitely, and I think you need structure for success, but there's sure. not a lot of ability to express yourself. Uh, no, and I understand that, like. Um there, are, there can be big differences between the top team and the bottom team in this league. Uh, nothing major, but mm-hmm. skill-wise, sure. Uh, so I, I understand if you have to go a little more defensive-minded against, like uh, if you're a bottom team to uh, when you face a top team, I understand that. And what you say about the Swedish league, that's changed a lot. Like it's really, it's a lot of skating, a lot of attack nowadays and I feel like uh, it's been also an example uh, for the Finnish league that uh, we're going towards that uh, that thing but uh, yeah I, I remember like 
15 years ago the, the Swedish league was boring yeah yeah it's, it's really it's, boring but it's, the, now nowadays they they play good hockey there it's faster it, faster it's way faster what it's been it's uh, I love I, I played there two years I love the game and uh, I still like um I can move myself around a little really well on the ice so I still got my hits Move, and hits and uh moving know, the like big unit around. going yeah for yeah. sure and, uh, and and yeah I'm happy that uh more and more teams in Finland are going towards that that direction and uh, and obviously hockey itself and the players have changed like the player types and uh and um yeah even the even the systems are 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 going towards that like uh, more offensive minded more uh, more quick uh, quick offs yeah. like uh transition quick transition and, and uh, that's uh that's that's been i enjoy this probably this hockey more than i enjoy the one i left 2011 when i went to went to north america yeah so we're in the, we're at the shirt acting Hawk podcast and one of our uh one of our traditions we always like to to ask players about uh, their lifestyle and a lot of different things as well. So we're going to start this and uh, we're going to talk about beauties. Everybody gets a chance to play with just beauties. And for those of our listeners know what a beauty is, it's just uh, those special players that always stay in your memory for all their different things. So let's let's talk about a few of the beauties here that you've played with. Biggest beauty that you played with in, let's, let's start in the NHL. Who are a couple guys that were like the biggest beauties? Yeah, it's probably easier to start there because I don't know if you know too many of the <laughs> Finnish beauties we got got here, but um, I uh, I gotta go with uh, I didn't even play with him, but I I want to mention Selena how good of a guy he is. But uh, yeah, I played in Edmonton for two years, and we got we got good characters there. I I felt like uh, like. You many of you probably are listening to uh, spinning checklists, and you know, <laughs> you know Ryan Whitney. How fun that guy is to listen to. So he was he was definitely one of those guys who were always uh, uh, always at a good company and nice to be around. And uh, and uh, and exactly the same. So people yeah. are, people are like, okay, boy, this is a great personality you have yeah. on spitting checklists And like the best part about it is he's doing a fantastic job and. That's exactly the same when we'd be sitting at the table in the in the Oilers uh, uh, where we ate food and stuff. Like you sit with wits, and it's exact same. Yeah, like it's like sure. it's not anything different. It's that's like, what it is with the most hockey players. What I yeah. told earlier, like they're most of them are good guys. They're good, fun guys to be around. I I felt like Laddie Smead. He was a beauty. Great guy. Uh, great guy. It's just. Uh, uh, Great professional, Sean Harkoff. He was he was a great guy, good good leader and uh, fun guy to be around and uh, and uh, what else did we got? I think there's the probably the tree that pops up into my mind. Too yeah. bad I only spent there two years in the still, same organization. Some I, great some great some yeah. great memories. So I guess and then this is a tough question and maybe like you know. How about Finland or Sweden or, or or Swiss? Like, what's the what's the biggest beauty you got to play overseas with here? I'll try to try to figure out somebody here. Actually, the listeners would know. Mm. 
I don't know about the, you know, this guy, he wasn't even a player, and I don't know, you can, but uh, I feel like just the, what a character was Chris McSorley, you know that? Yeah, I had the chance to work with Chris McSorley and Jimmy yeah, Surratt. Marty, Marty's, Marty's, Marty McSorley's brother. Yeah, yeah. he's, uh, that's one, like, probably not many know, like, he, he made a career in, in Geneva, in Switzerland, beautiful city with uh, just, a, like, great uh, life quality. He, he made a second league team with uh, maybe 300 people going to the game to a, a solid national league uh league team that uh, are doing well and, and chris uh he's probably the he's pretty much the reggie dunlop of <laughs> geneva is well except he's not playing but no, he no. is like gm like i've had the chance to to work with geneva Servet yeah. and, and spend time with uh, with him and he's done a great job and like uh i know that uh there was a transition and a sale, and it looks like he's back again. So yeah. he's, uh, he's, he's, he's doing really, really well. Yeah. So let's talk about you just a little bit. So favorite food. What, what, if you had to have one meal, what would it be? Uh, one meal. I'm a steak guy. Yeah. I'm a steak guy. It's a good for choice. For sure, yeah. No, not going to specifics. Whatever, like ribeye, fillet, I'll, doesn't really matter. I'm a steak guy for sure. So, favorite sport besides hockey? Mm, oh, I what? Oh, you'd be amazed what sports I follow. Like, but yeah, for sure, I follow soccer the most. Uh, I actually. It's during the season. I don't. I don't follow that much hockey. Like it's you get so much of it. Like yeah. I love when, yeah, anything like uh, when it's Olympics and whatever. Of course, I follow and yeah, NHL nowadays. I love the what do you call those like European Premier Games? Like yeah. they got every week. So it's but uh, other than that, like I don't follow too much hockey. But like snooker. <laughs> if you go, if you go to like weird things, I was it's just I, Finnish TV. Like you don't snooker, have much of a choice. Yeah. Eh? No, it's a European. It's it's funny. Like no, when you go to that, when you go to that, like high end of any sport, it is surprisingly enjoyable to watch. Like it doesn't matter what it is. If you see some of the best uh, athletes, whatever they do, like whether it's snowboarding or like racing or I don't know, like snooker, for example. Like it's, it's if you look any like world class, anything athletes, like musicians, like artists, whatever you're watching, it, you don't have to understand what they're doing and how they do it. Like you can tell if somebody's special. Like it, and it's, it's it's interesting to follow. So, so yeah, but it, yeah, mostly. To answer your question, soccer is probably the most. Uh, yeah. So if you could travel any destination, just one, where would it be? Your favorite place? Uh, right now, I'd say Iceland. Oh, there Iceland. you go. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I got into a photographing uh, a year ago. I've always liked it, but I really got into it a year ago. And, uh, and that'd, be the, that'd be the place I want to go right now. It's just a beautiful views and a lot lot to lot to see and um actually i got a chance to see uh you know 
Leonard's a very heavy and a hard hockey player to play against, but uh, he looks like he's got a good eye and a soft touch. And you have a little uh, Instagram site with like some pretty amazing, uh, amazing photographs of, of many things. And if you're interested, what's the what's the the Instagram handle so people can look? It's uh, Len dot artistic L A N N dot artistic. And uh, yeah, it's something I. You know we're we're all living busy life. Like you have to have some balance, like with hockey and family. Yeah, I enjoy more like both. But on the other hand, like yeah, it's it's busy. Like you're at the rink, you're at the road. When you're home, you're with the family. We got two two young daughters who are who are keeping me uh, getting they're keeping me busy uh, at home. So you need to have some alone time too, and like. I like to take my camera, go to nature, and like it's, yeah. People are surprised. I'm like creeping in in the woods to photograph some birds or whatever. Like it's just, uh, but it's it's something for me to balance like everything. I uh, especially and we get the day off like between the games or the day off, but it's more for recovery practice. It's usually a little shorter. You're done like afternoon, and before you have to pick up your kids from school and uh, in a kindergarten you get a couple hour window like you can do whatever you can go home to have a nap which is good as well but uh, most of the times so I just grab my camera and go somewhere I don't even necessarily like take photos but like just to be by myself like uh, shut down everything it's uh, it's helped me like balance my life a little bit more and like uh, to relax more I pretty you know it's it's important I think yeah. that people have things outside their work and outside their sport and outside their family so they can have that proper balance so finally uh what advice would you give to young players both young and old about being successful what would be the key things i know you mentioned some things already but maybe two or three things that what would be good advice for them to follow i'd say yeah, we talked earlier about this multi-sport thing. Like that's also a good way to find your your passion where it lies in, and uh, and whether you're a young kid playing hockey or uh, or a 50-year-old man who's uh, fed up his work, like you have to find some passion in your life. Like I think the passion for whatever you do and is the most important thing, and the follow follow that like if you're a kid and you love hockey like yeah you gotta keep doing that and then you have to have uh, people around you who, who kind of uh, support that and uh, and that's when the that's probably the biggest thing for parents for hockey parents for whatever your kids are doing you got to support them and, and obviously guide them a little bit when they have a sure. tough time and you know you, it's a fine line between like a courage and forcing them <laughs> to do certain sure. things but uh yeah that's that's probably the main thing and then yeah like if you enjoy doing something if you love doing something like you've got to find your strengths recognize your strengths and like uh keep doing it because you don't get anything for free in this world like you like something you want to get better at something you got to put in the work you you gotta you gotta learn more you you need to be willing to learn more and uh, and guess that like uh kind of the finding finding the motivation and uh in whatever you do like i think that's 
that probably the second thing and kind of a follow-up from uh, kind of a follow-up for uh, for following your your path and then it comes to motivation and then it comes to work you put in and uh, and at the bottom of the bottom line I feel like even our even for us professional athletes we we love this game yeah it changes a little when you become a pro it, pressure comes in and yeah. and yeah you're expecting to do more you're paid to do more and yeah it changed a lot but like the passion is still there it's a bit different it's not the pure joy every every day that it was like when you grew up uh, as a young young uh, hockey player but uh yeah you have to cry it out a little bit more but uh yeah it's got its perks absolutely and uh you know it's been always uh it's always nice to to catch up with Leonard and his perspective and and quite often what I like about you know our podcast is you get to know the not just the player but you also get to know the person and uh I want to wish you like a really great season and really healthy and uh wish you the best with your family and your photography and uh you know I really appreciate you spending the time Leonard and I hope you uh, you have a, a fantastic season. Oh, thanks Stephen. Uh it's happy to be here in your podcast. Well, that was a super interesting episode with Leonard Petrell. And, you know, it was very interesting to follow Leonard through his journey growing up in Finland and through his development and his journey all the way to the NHL through Europe and then back to Finland. Uh, Leonard's a very well-liked player that's selfless, as well as a great guy that's known very much through the town in Helsinki with his hometown team, IFK, wearing the sea and also delivering national championships to his hometown crowd. Really neat to learn about his family and his interests beyond hockey and you know, he's an, he exemplifies what a good teammate is and working hard gets you places that are just amazing. I hope you enjoyed the Sirdacne podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes brought to you by ElitePowerSkating.com and The Driving Force.